0: What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's the whole crew tonight. David, Candace, and Isaac. Game four of the NBA preseason. The Grizzlies fall to the Miami Heat 132 to 124. Two and two on the preseason. We had a, an undefeated hope after the first two games, and then we just gassed them up too much, and they've quit on us. So I think we're far enough in the preseason here that we should have some pretty good takeaways. And and I saw a question earlier on Twitter that, that was pretty good, but it was more fantasy related. They're like, how much do you take away from what happens in the preseason? And for me, I, I don't put an absolute ton of weight into it, but I like it when I see guys coming out and playing confident. And there are a number of Grizzlies that are doing that right now. David Roddy had his best game of the preseason, five for eight from the field, three for six from three with 13 points and five rebounds. Nice showing from him after him kind of struggling. Kenneth Lofton Jr. struggled offensively last two games. He kind of got it going a little bit in this one, into the game with 15 points and three rebounds, four rebounds.
1: Four, yeah. Four Four, rebounds.
0: Four rebounds, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, th- there are a lot of uh, a lot of positive. Derrick Rose played a few more minutes in this one, 22 minutes. Uh, showed a little bit from the field, didn't knock down a three. He was one for five, finished with five points and five assists. But I, I don't know how much scoring they're going to be looking for from Derrick Rose. So, Candace, four games into the preseason, since you were not with us for the last show, what it, what has been your favorite part of the preseason so far?
2: I think hands down is Zaire Williams. Obviously, you know, I, I expected him to bounce back to look a little bit more like himself after a off season, a full offseason, and sort of a reset for him. But he has really looked uh, for long stretches like one of the best, like him and Bang, are the best best players on the court uh on two way on, on both ways. I mean, he was seven to ten a night, four of six from three. Seeing so you know, those three to go down was huge um for, for him and his development in general. And then, you know, still out there getting rebounds, got like three rebounds. Playmaking was there. He got he only got two assists, but he made several just nice reads that did that didn't end up resulting in a bucket. But just he's getting he's even getting better at that, I think. As the preseason has gone on, his dribble, his handle's still pretty loose. But um, he's just learning how to navigate it better, just playing with that confidence, man. And for for him, if he can be if he can translate this type of performance to the regular season, that's huge for these Grizzlies. So, I mean, when you're looking at what do you take away from the preseason, what you're going to take away is generally going to be, what are you getting from your rotation guys? What are you getting from your key guys? And, you know, how are they contributing or improving? And I think all across the board, I'm feeling pretty good about where the Grizzlies are at.
1: Isaac, what about you? Yeah, man, a, a few things. I think we kind of discussed this before we jumped on here. Just Not just with the Grizzlies, as across the league. I've noticed that it feels like there's been more intensity in these preseason games. Like Teams are really playing hard and really trying to win these games. In the past, you've seen some of these preseason games where it looks like guys are just kind of going through the motions, just trying to get this over with, but that hasn't really been the case. Uh, guys have really come out playing hard, um, the starters especially. You've seen that um, in, in these games. And also, this has been a different approach uh, to the preseason from Taylor Jenkins. This is not how they usually approach it. Usually you don't see – you wouldn't see guys like Bain and and Jaron playing 25 minutes this late into the preseason and this consistently. And I think they've done a really good job of making sure the main guys got to work in but also getting the young guys extended minutes. Uh, So I really enjoyed seeing the young guys play late in these games. You had some close ball games. Um, You had the the first game uh, against – Milwaukee, where the young guys were able to pull that one out. Uh, saw some really good stuff in, in the loss to Atlanta. Uh, they were down 14 in the fourth quarter. You actually saw them get the battle back. So it's really good to see those young guys out there doing good stuff. And I think at, at some point during the preseason, you've seen some really good things from all those guys. Well, Laveria, uh, Zaire Williams, that I'm going to talk about here in a second, David Roddy, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr., you've seen good things from all those guys at points during this preseason. So I think that's a real positive. Also, with your two main guys with Desmond Bain and Jared Jackson Jr., I think as I've said on here every time we jumped over here in the preseason, those guys look midseason ready. Like I I Jaron Jackson Jr., the handle looks really good. We got to talk about uh him passing out of the high post. Uh, mm-hmm. just some really good work, man. He blocked Panther out there tonight, man. getting getting blocked shots. He looks ready to go. Desmond Bain looks all the way back. Uh I mean, just on both ends of the floor. It's crazy. I mean, we I remember when Desmond Bain couldn't dribble. Um and now he's just doing great stuff on both ends of the floor. Um, I mean he's just using his strength to get to the basket. Um, I mean he's just navigating the defense. He's just a, a all around basketball player, man. I still don't think he's tapped the ceiling yet. Uh, that that's what's so special about that man. So it's really good the Grizzlies went ahead and locked him up. And as Candace says, Zaire Williams, man, to see him playing with the confidence that he's playing with. He just – if he can translate this to the regular season, and I said it on, on X earlier, this just opens up a completely different dynamic for this basketball team. To, to, we talk about them needing a, a big wing, and you're going to need a guy to come off the bench, and I've talked about this before, uh, that can come in and, and play some defense. And I, I think he looks like he might be that guy this year. Uh, and I admit that I – I've never been a, a, a quote-unquote – desire we hater i've always been somewhere in the middle but I, I i wasn't a person that had a big belief that he was gonna gonna end up panning out and man these preseason games man he talked about the work he's put in in the summer man you could see it out there on the floor i talked about his jump shot his jumper looks a lot smoother than it used to uh he used to have kind of a he's kind of spread his legs kind of wide on his jump shot and kind of drift not doing that at all anymore man super squared up to the basket just looks super smooth shooting it with confidence uh, the playmaking ability, he's been showing that off throughout the preseason, man. Even doing some good things on on the defensive end. It, I'm excited, man, about what he could possibly bring to this team this year. I mean, last year just looked like it wasn't going to work out for him, man. But it, it's night and day. Um, and maybe this is a kind of a Santiago Duma type thing where we saw him looking like a deer in the headlights. And some, somewhere a flip, a, a switch flip for him. And, man, he just turn it on and turn into to a different player, man. So that is like what we're seeing with Zaire. So I think the takeaway so far through four preseason games, the thing that you got to be excited about the most is definitely the play of Zaire Williams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. He's, he's looked really, really good and there's probably not anybody happier in, in Grizz Nation than me. Cause I've watched a lot of people kind of roll on him last year after the struggles and just, You know, he's not going to be on the roster. They're going to give up on him, da, 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 da. And then to see him come out and those same people are kind of changing their tune this year, I love it. I'm making a a victory lap. Uh, I I should be cracking some heads, but I'm not going to do that. Not, Not swinging the petty machete this early in the season. We'll see how he does during the regular season. But you best believe if he plays this way throughout the entire regular season, I got all kinds of receipts I'm passing out on that. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Luke Kennard a little bit. Uh, he was one for seven tonight, 0 for five from three. He's struggling early. Are either of you guys concerned with uh, with, with his shooting slump here early?
2: I'm not concerned. Uh, I I I would have liked to see him sort of get in the rhythm. I, I expected him not not in the rhythm, you know, the first couple of games because he is a rhythm guy. Both him and Desmond Bain are sort of rhythm guys. And, you know, you think he's starting to find his stroke, but um, they have put a, a little bit more load on him in terms of playmaking. And so maybe he's just having a hard time ba- balancing that or, you know, adjusting to that role. I think eventually those shots are going to fall. I like his de- aggression with shooting, though. So, you know, him still taking those shots. I think you like to see that. Even some, even some of the situations with which he took some of the shots in the preseason, you want to continue to see that. And then I think eventually those shots will fall.
1: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. He, he's too good of a shooter, man. Those shots are gonna fall at some point. Um, as Candace said, it, it seems like that they're trying to be more deliberate in, in, in making him a playmaker. Um, when they acquired him, they talked about kind of his role in Detroit, and they wanted to kind of go back to that. And I think he they're working through some things with him because it, it, it just seems like it's, it's weird, like he hasn't. Down his footing yet when he's out there right. it's just kind of haywire kind of like I, I don't know he's not really fitting into kind of what they're doing and I think maybe that's due to them kind of working him into to some different things but I, I'm not worried about his shot at all man he's too good of a shooter not to to knock down those shots so when it's when the lights come on man I think he'll he'll knock down shots so he has struggle there's no question about that but I, I think he'll be fine man I'm, I'm not concerned about
0: it yeah going back to the, the Detroit stats His last year in Detroit, he averaged about 33 minutes a game, 16 points, four rebounds, and four assists, shooting 40% from three. So when you send him to the Clippers and you have guys like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Reggie Jackson to a lesser extent, those guys play better with the ball in their hand. And so Kennard was playing off ball quite a bit. So you saw those assist numbers drop. But that, that year in Detroit, he was more than confident being in a, uh, a playmaking role. So for him to kind of make that shift going back uh, about three years now to uh, to more of a playmaking role, I'm sure that there's some things in his game that he needs to work on. And before he gets comfortable doing that, you mentioned Isaac Taylor Jenkins talking about him um, reinventing himself or, or how, I don't remember exactly how he worded it in this off season, some of this is health related, obviously, but one of the things that I've liked through these four preseason games, we haven't had the same starting lineup. And that's something that he was very um, methodical for. Like he he was almost like a robot. Once he got something going, he just stuck with it. He, He didn't, didn't veer away from the normal path and we'll see, I'm guessing, on Friday night in Milwaukee, we're going to see a a different starting lineup because all all signs are pointing to Marcus Smart's going to make his debut on Friday night against the Bucs. Do you think, obviously, the the starting lineup, once we get into the regular season, I don't think there's going to be like a revolving door there. I think that's going to be pretty well set. But are you convinced that Jenkins has turned a page and he's willing to make changes a little quicker than he has in the past?
1: Oh, uh, you, you certainly hope that's the case. Uh, I mean, he talked about him kind of looking back back at some things and kind of reevaluating himself uh, o- over the summer. So you, hopefully, hopefully that's one of the things that he's, he's, he's speaking on, uh, that he's more ready to make adjustments. Cause we've talked about that and he's been kind of robotic uh, when it comes to rotations. It doesn't matter what the game script script, you'll see a certain situation and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe you need to put your guys back in. Maybe, Chad needs to play at this point. Uh, you're losing the game, you're losing momentum. And he would just kind of stick to the same thing. No matter, no matter game script. And I think that's one of the, the areas where he definitely needed to grow. Um, and, and it's, it's hard to say from preseason because preseason is time that you're going to try different things. Um, so that might, maybe just that, but hopefully that is the case that that's one of the, the areas. Cause I think that's one of his biggest areas of needed improvement. Uh, so if he reevaluated himself, I would think that that would be top of the list of things that he would look back on and say, maybe I could be better there. Uh, Because I think this basketball team would be better there. There's been certain situations where I felt like they've lost games because of him kind of being stubborn and and kind of sticking to that same rotation. Uh, Because you see, when you look at these teams around the league, guys like John Moran, Jared Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, those guys are playing 36, 37 minutes and 38 minutes on other teams. And you just don't see that a lot here. They try to keep them around 35, 34 minutes. And at times, man, all the time, you're not going to need that. Some nights, you're not going to need those guys to play minutes. But they're going to be nights where the game script's going to call for you. You need those guys to play more minutes if you're going to pull those wins out. And that would be a different, just a different mentality from this organization that we haven't seen. But, I mean, if if they're going to be a championship-level team and – you, you're trying to win as many games as possible and, and try to get seeding. You you need to win the games where you can win them, man. So that, that would be a great change to see. Uh, but I, I'm not ready to to kind of say that that's, that's what we're going to see for sure. But I think him saying that he evaluated himself over the offseason, I said it before, I think that's a, a good sign because I think that's probably, for me at least, and I would think for anybody that's evaluating him, those would be that would be near the top of the list. So I'd expect that would be something that he probably has looked at and is going to work on.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's too early to say that 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 has changed. Honestly, we're not going to know for sure into the playoffs. I mean, that's when it matters most. But there are benchmarks that can be telling along the way. And so this is obviously encouraging if you're looking for him to make those kind of changes, because I agree with Isaac. I think that was one of his biggest flaws as a coach was just being so methodical, so uh, set in his ways and, and just the inability to make in-game adjustments as needed um but this is what you want to see he played jaron at the five played santi uh yeah, that was something that he just seemed to never do for whatever reason last season i mean people were begging like i mean those minutes between th- with them two together were great and so it was interesting to see him do that i think that's specifically an area that he realized he could have capitalized on more but at this point he doesn't have anything to lose right so it really matters most when there's a lot on the line can you steal will you default back to you know we talked about this with with uh, um not not to randomly bring up Dylan Brooks but I have to kind of randomly bring up Dylan Brooks but we talked about that with him with just what what is your default when times get tough do you revert back to old habits or have you really gotten over the hump in that regard so we'll continue to monitor it for sure I think there is what you want to see early for sure um and I was kind of beginning to to think that he was just setting his ways. I think he made a lot of positive changes um, year before last, and it just seemed like he kind of went back on a lot of that. And so hopefully this is a step, maybe he took a step back, take a step forward, and that would be huge for his Grizzlies team as well. But just even things, subtle things like him playing Zaire, in 21 minutes versus, you know, he kind of playing the guy with a hot hand. that's something we used to talk about he used to do, all the time, the guy with the hot hand, he'd keep him out and play him longer. Like the Anthony Melton would have these hot games, and the Anthony would, would get a lot more run in those times. So, I, I hope that's something we begin to see. But, you know, way too early of a call to make right now.
0: So let's um, let's bounce to Aldama here. We we kind of we're bouncing around a little bit. I'm gonna stay within this game. I I was five for nine from the field, two for six from three. Look good playing alongside Jaren. As Candace said, we saw this some last year, but I think pretty much everybody wanted to see it more. He did have in, in twenty four minutes. He had three fouls in this game. The last game, he racked up fouls pretty quick, and he got his first two real early in this game against Miami. And. I don't want to be a, like, the sky is falling type person because I don't think that's the case. But what what do you think is contributing to that, Isaac? Why is he picking up these fouls? You know, he's probably not going to play a lot more than 24 minutes tonight anyway, but he picked up those first two pretty early. And then, you know, it it just seems like, okay, two games in a row, is this going to be a reoccurring thing or is it just uh, a fluke?
1: Yeah, I've said this before with, with Santi. I'm still like a lot of people are all the way there with Sonny. I'm still – I like Sonny, but I'm not as far down the line as a lot of people. He's still not a player for me that I feel like you can go into every game and feel like, okay, this is the baseline expectation. You're going to at least get this from Sonny. He's a guy that I feel like is going to have really good games. <clears throat> Excuse me, struggling with divorce tonight. He's going to have really good games, and he's going to have bad games. Um, and there are going to be games where he doesn't show up, at least that's what we've seen in the past now maybe he graduates from that this year i mean because players don't aren't the same every year obviously they get better or or you hope they do so maybe that's something that he grows out of but at this point i'm still not there and i think a lot of it just has to do with the foot speed and and him having to play defense with his hands him guys getting a step on him and him not being able to, to stay in front of him i think that's what the issue is and why you see him pick up a lot of fouls i think it's no, no deeper than that. Um, I, I think that's what it is. And I think that's going to continue to be an issue. He He's never going to be a plus defender. I mean, you've seen him do some good stuff on on the health side at times like with some some shot blocking and everything. But as far as just guarding guys one on one, I don't think he's ever going to because he just doesn't have the, the foot speed to get it done. And I, I think that's kind of what you're seeing. But you hope it's not something like we've seen with Jared in the past, something where it's going to be an every game thing where you, you can't. He can't stay on the floor because he's picking up fouls. That's that hasn't been something that has been a huge problem, but it has been noticeable this preseason because it seems like every game he's been picking up fouls pretty quickly. Um and you saw it again and picked up a couple really early tonight. I think I don't know if that was last game or the game before last. I don't think it was the game before last because he played really well last game. I think it was the game before last. Um, he had like five and like eight minutes or something, something crazy like that. So that's that's definitely not something that you want to see. But I think. It does definitely has to do with his foot speed and not being able to keep guys, stay in front of guys at times.
0: I do want to say the FIBA rules, you know, you are allowed to make a little more contact in FIBA than you are in the NBA, and so that may be a little bit of it is him just kind of adjusting back to the NBA rules. Yeah, I can see that. There have been – you know, we've even had conversations on this show about the possibility of him playing some three, and – I've I've almost put that to bed. And after yeah, to, I, after I, I tonight there was there was one play in particular. Duncan Robinson had the ball and Duncan Robinson broke him down off the dribble and I'm like if Duncan Robinson <laughs> is breaking this dude man if he's <laughs> Yeah, breaking then it, then it, down off the dribble. That doesn't bode well. Cuz no. Duncan Robinson is a he is an NBA player. But breaking people down off the dribble is not his strong suit, and so if he's if he's taking you off the bounce, then your defense is suspect at best. So that that's after seeing that tonight, I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm out on on him at the three at all. He he just doesn't have it. Candice, you have any concerns about what we've seen from Aldama this preseason?
2: No, I don't think so. I don't think I do. Uh, one of I think Santi is it obviously matchup based. There are some matchups that he's just going to struggle with more. He kind of started in this game and, and he has been coming off the bench, even in FIBA, right? He was coming off the bench. And so one, he's more used to playing against second units outside of that run that he started when Jaren was injured. So for some time now, he's been playing against second units. He started tonight, but uh, there are some matchups. People get the best of them, but, I overall think it's fine. I agree with you that like he's not he's definitely not a three. And I also think part of it is because of his foot speed, right? But overall, I think he's still a positive. Uh, I think I'm still seeing the things you expect to see from him. I also think it matters who he's playing with. So even when he was starting, if you go back to when Jaren was out, he was starting next to a Steven Adams, right? A more physical guy. And so in terms of physicality and dealing with those types of things, he didn't have to deal with that kind of absorbing c- contact, right? So um as much physicality because steven adams just takes so much of their role so uh it could be a lot of things a lot of different factors but overall i think i mean you're not dependent on santi adama to be a lockdown defender i'd be worried if that was the case but since it's not they're really looking for him to be uh to use his size to put effort into defense but most, mostly looking for him offensively looking to be efficient and finishing the rim looking for him to get better at you know probably re- re- rebounding he could you know get better at that obviously and and then shooting from the three like being a stretch big in their system is a lot of what they need from him so with all that said I think I'm fine um I think ultimately he'll be fine and he might even get better as the season goes along I still like the I'll I'll put more weight into what I saw from him in FIBA because I think that's closer to the role that he played um at least with those second units so we'll see but not too big
0: of a deal. All right, so I'm going to bring something up. We, we've we discussed um, on multiple occasions on this show. When Steven Adams is out, this team struggles to rebound the basketball. They lose a rebounding battle again tonight. In the first half, when it was primary rotation guys, so Roddy Aldama, Jackson, Bain, Rose, Kennard, Tillman, and Z, they played primarily the first half minutes. The gap was not that big, but over the course of the game, it ended Miami had 47 rebounds. The Grizzlies ended with 36. What has to happen in order for them to close that gap? And, and, you know, you you could give me an easy answer of all. They just got to grab more rebounds. But, But there has to be something that they can do in order to improve that. You know, we know what Adams brings to this team. We know what he means to this team. But you can't go into the playoffs losing the rebounding night in and night out if he's not on the floor. So, Isaac, I'm going to bounce it to you first. What has to happen for the Grizzlies to close this rebounding gap when Adams is not on the floor?
1: Man, It just has to be a team effort. Uh, Everybody has to to crash the glass. Uh, That's something that we've talked about, that dynamic between – Adams and Jared and, and Stephen has spoke to it and Jared has spoke to it as well as basically admitted that they're not even trying to get rebounds. Like we're going to let Stephen Adams clear, clear the glass and I'm, I'm back up the court. Like they both even spoke to that. And that just, that can't be your mentality. Like Jared has to get in there and rebound. The, the guards have to get in there and rebound. Everybody has to get in there and rebound because Stephen Adams can't play 48 minutes, obviously. And you get in the playoffs. I mean, we've even seen the series where Stephen Adams wasn't even playing. They couldn't even play him, and you don't have Brandon Clark, Uh, so he's not going to be an option for you. Uh, So it, it's just going to have to be an all-out effort, man. And, and, and a lot of times that's half the battle with rebounding. It's just guys putting in effort to to clear the glass, get in there, and get those rebounds, stick their neck in there, and that's just what they what they're got to do to a man uh, from the from from the guards all the way up to to the bigs off the bench, and not just Tillman and and whoever in Aldama, even the guards. Like I said, comes off the bench. Derrick Rose is been a decent rebounder for a guard in, in his time. Like, whoever comes out the bench, Marcus Markin rebound, uh, John Moran put up some decent rebounding numbers. Just everybody has to collectively work harder on the boards because that's something that this team, that you have to do. In order to win in the playoffs, you have to rebound the basketball. Um, and especially this team, even though the shooting has been better, I, I think this team needs those, those extra possessions and those boards to have more possessions than the other team to kind of win. That's one of the things that they need. To, to win because they've struggled in the half court. So I think it just has to be a team effort, man. And that's, that's something that you got to see because they have guards on this team that can rebound. Desmond Bain uh, is a guy that I think could be a decent rebounder. Uh, so that's just something that we got to see from, from everybody on the team.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything Isaac said, but I will, I will add awareness because some of the times like I'm just watching players and they're just watching the ball go by them. Like with, 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 no, with no even real awareness that there is a situation with which you need to be making, trying to make a play on the ball. Uh, I I think back I said, David Roddy do that a couple of times, just, just kind of ball watching or just kind of looking at something else and just ball goes right by him. And he's not even really aware that, Hey, ball just went by you. And so there are not a ton of guys on this team that are situationally aware to the point that they have a quick reaction enough to take advantage of those opportunities, I think. So, for example, I would say that Luke Kennard is a guy that's pretty quick to the ball. Like if he's in the area and there's a loose ball, at least you're gonna see his reaction time and situational awareness respond accordingly. I think Xavier Tillman is another guy who if there's a ball that's loose, you're gonna see him intention whether he gets it or not, be intentional about being aware, hey, ball is in the air. I think Santi, David, yeah, David Roddy, uh those guys in particular, I think struggle just with awareness. jaron Jackson Jr. too, um he's pretty bad for that too. And I know some of it is like, you know, yes, he's getting the block, but also sometimes he's been out on the perimeter. You know, three point shot is made, balls in the air. jaron your goal is to run to the post, and now he's just sitting there watching the ball. You know, out on the perimeter. I think he could do better in those opportunities, if nothing else. But I will say this: when the full starting squad is back what we where we left off last year is that Ja John Moran made a really concerted effort to be better in rebounding and to almost kind of lead by example in that regard and when Ja wants to rebound Ja rebounds like he can get a triple double when he's intentional about getting that ball like he it, it, I, I would put him almost in that same category of a guy who like just sometimes isn't situationally aware enough but like when he is paying attention and he wants to to be for that to be a part of his game that night it's it's I mean, the guy's got a real knack for it, for sure. And so maybe that will help with the rebounding long-term. I think Marcus Smart isn't a guy who have the, has the ball come to him necessarily because he's not known for his rebounding, but he is known for his effort. And so it'll be at least another guy attempting to go for the ball. So, yes, uh, some of it is effort, but also awareness and just being a little bit quicker to react to those type of situations.
0: Okay. All right. I like it. Oh, again, final score of the game, 132 Miami Heat, Memphis Grizzlies 124. They fall to 2-2 two and two on the preseason. Next game is Friday night. So, we got a long break here before the final game of the preseason. And then we're gearing up for the season opener against the Pels. Um Candice, I'll go back to you first this time. We've only got a few minutes left here. You haven't been with us the last couple shows. You've been busy. Is there anything that has happened? We typically try to keep these postgames – locked into the game but since you hadn't been with us i want to give you time here is there anything that's happened in this preseason that you haven't had a chance to talk about on the show that you want to talk about now
2: no i I think the things have been pretty consistent throughout which i would say is a good thing like right like so we all yeah they started losing when they got on the road but i would say that that the consistency of which the important things a lot of things that we talked about earlier in the episode that have sustained themselves. Um, obviously Derrick Rose has had a bit of a drop off in terms of offensive production outside of you know than than he did before. But I think you're still seeing him do a really good job of playmaking. All of that. I think he's going to have some nights where he's not giving you as much production. Have some nights where he is. But either way, I think the assist will be con- will be consistent. And that's sort of that's not too far off. Like I said, from what Tyus was giving you as a backup. You know, some there were some nice Tyus and have no points. So <laughs> especially the last season. So I think. Overall, the team is in a good place. Like I said, I look for just key role players and what are they doing. And everybody looks like they're ready to me, And so that's all you can ask going into the final season, preseason game. Now, I know the talk of the town has been Marcus Smart and his his play. I have not personally been concerned about him not playing. Would rather see that guy play um, in the regular season. But I do hear he'll play in the season finale. I'm wondering how they'll handle that. We kind of saw this be sort of a dress rehearsal tonight so will they will they play those guys again just to get coming through with Marcus Smart or I'm curious as to how they do the lineup moving forward but either way um, I'm pretty confident about where we are and I'm just looking forward to getting to some some games that count in the regular season.
0: Yeah, I, I think you got enough time in between this game and Friday and then Friday in the season opener you have four days off and then you play and then they'll have five days off and and play against the Pels so I think there's plenty of time. If you wanted to play your starters about 20 to 25 minutes to kind of get them some run out there with Marcus Smart, I think that they would have plenty of time to kind of rest and recover from that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Isaac here. And then Candace, if you got anything on this, you Candace mentioned Derek Rose and kind of that, that offensive production going down. But if you look at his shot attempts, he hasn't been taking many shots so far. Mm Do you feel like that is him adjusting to this offense or do you think that this is where Derek Rose and it is in his career right now? Because as much of, I won't say I'm, I'm not a hater cause I, I don't hate him. I want him to do well, but the bar for me is lower than I think most everybody else. You have seen plenty of good stuff from him. Like you've seen him, have some explosion, like be very quick taking guys off the dribble. So it looks like he does still have some there. Are we going to get much of it? I don't know. But how much is it, he Is he adjusting, or is it just, hey, maybe he doesn't have
1: it? Um, I think it's probably a mix of different things. Uh, I think he's a veteran guy, obviously been in the league a long time. He's older. He probably – and I'm not going to – I don't want to say this like it's a bad thing – but he probably doesn't take the preseason as serious, maybe as some other guys would at his age. Um, I think one another reason why he struggled tonight, uh, that he put size on the edge, Jamal Kane, who was six seven, uh, guarding him for the most part. And it seemed like he struggled against that size. I, I think that's one of the reasons why he struggled tonight and didn't didn't take a lot of shots. His shot attempts were down. It just seems like he was really struggling with going up against him being six seven. I that that seemed like a problem to me. Uh, but I, I'm not worried about him. I, I think whatever role that they need him. I think some nights they're going to need him to score, and he's going to be able to do that. I think he's going to win some games for you at times. There are going to be other nights where he doesn't shoot the basketball, just comes out and facilitates. I think there are going to be some times where he doesn't even play. Like, I just think we're going to see a wide range of things from from D-Rose this year. Uh, but I definitely think he can help this basketball team if if his body holds up. Uh, but I think that's just a big question with him. Because, you, I mean, you can see man, he had one move uh, where he just blew by a guy, got fouled uh tonight and went to the free throw line i mean it's just in a blur look like job Morant, like going by a guy he could still do that in spurts like you still see times where he could just get by a guy just get to the rim um uh, I and he's still strong he can post up smaller guards that that's still there uh it, it's just going to be interesting to see what usage he has but i, I just think it's going to be inconsistent i don't think you're going to see the same usage rate from him game in and game out for, for all 82 games or however many games that he's involved in i just think it's just going to be different roles different nights there are going to be times where guys get in foul trouble he might have to play a little bit more somebody god forbid gets injured he has to play more at that time and we have these 25 games without Jaws, so obviously he's going to play more early in the season i, I just think it's going to be different things but I, I i'm a big believer that the guy can still play like i see things i mean he and he's essentially been off for a couple of years so He's like 36, but his body is really like 34 because he hasn't really been playing basketball hardly ever, hardly at all for the last two years. And I think that's kind of one way to one way to look at it. But I, I think he's going to be a contributor to this team. And I think there's going to be times where he has to win games. And again, like I said, some nights, he'll they'll need him to make shots. And other nights, he just has to come out there and do a good job or run the team, um, play adequate defense and Go from there. Uh so that that's kind of where I am on, on D rolls, but I still think it's a good pickup on and off the floor for this team.
2: And just real quick, add to that, I, I do think he's being a little intentional about the playmaking part, because if you pay attention to his post-game interview, what he did in, in the first preseason game, he was asked to sort of about how he felt like he where he was. And he was just talking about the terminology, a, a really a big thing he wanted to do was learn guys spots and where they wanted the ball and that type of thing. So, yeah, he did struggle against the size today for sure. But I also just think there's been just a tensionality switch where he goes, OK, you know, I, I got the, the speed of the game down. I got, I got the scoring down, but what I really need to work on to be a point guard for this team is getting to know the other guys and where they want their spots and sort of focusing on that more so than just trying his best to, to make all the shots.
0: Yeah. Uh, kind of a, uh, I know I can go and get mine. So let me find out where these guys need it. So I can make sure
2: to get them involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. what the post game presser indicated.
1: Because yeah. that's going to be, I was going to say that's going to be more of his role. They didn't bring it right. to be, a big time score or anything like that. So he knows that, okay, if I need to go get a bucket, I can get it, but I yep. need to figure out my role is going to be to come off the bench and and run his team. Uh, so he, he needs to find out where guys, like you said, like the ball, what, what their spots are and, and, and what he needs to do as far as facilitating. So, yeah, I think that definitely plays a role in kind of what we've seen in the, the, the shot usage going down. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Great
0: point, Candace. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up again. Final score of the game, one thirty two uh for the heat. 124 for the Grizzlies. Grizzlies two and two on the preseason final preseason game Friday night in Milwaukee against the Bucks, and unfortunately we will be out be without Pete and Brevin again. So we get another uh, opposing team. Like I, I just hate it. I hate. There are some other commentators that I don't mind listening to, but it's only a few in the league. So Pete and Brevin are fantastic, and you, I always miss them whenever they're not calling the game um You can get the show on Twitter at Rx Twitter. What? Whatever. You, you guys know what it is at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA will 21.
2: You find me at Candace H 901. Isaac, take us home.
1: Well, I, I don't need need to know. Well, actually, I do need to know who need. I know. I do know who needs to hear this. Valley's fixture app. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Twenty dollars a month, man. And y'all can't can't get it right. Like, we finally cut the cord. But while like, I didn't have any of those problems, I used to see people on social media talking about it. When you have Xfinity, to regular cable, you just have the channel, so you don't ever have any of those issues. So we cut the cord, man, and got YouTube TV, and now I had to get the ballets out, man. And ever since I've got it, I've had it – ever since the preseason started, I've had some kind of problems with it every game. I've had login issues. Tonight, yep. I guess the server completely went out Uh, from from what I read. So so most people that had it missed the third or fourth quarter, I had to find other – other options options uh, to kind of finish the game, but it's crazy, man, that they're charging 20 bucks for a half that, that doesn't work. So hopefully they get it together, man, because definitely got to gotta hear our guys, Pete and Brevin, man. But you can find me on the X app at Isaac double underscore NBA. As David said, the Grizzlies get four days off here. Uh, They'll have a preseason finale in Milwaukee. Gets guess the Bucs will be interesting to see who plays on the Bucks side. Do we get Giannis and Damon Lillard? I don't know since that's been the last game for them. Maybe for the Grizzlies, we're trying to integrate Marcus Smart back in. Maybe we see more of the guys uh, to try to get some playing time with him. We'll see how they play it off because they got they got enough time to rest in between that game and the season opener. So I, I think it would be cool to see those guys get out there and get a chance to play with Marcus Smart. So we'll definitely be back for a post game uh, after that. So make sure you keep it locked to eat those Grizzlies. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time we go.